My efforts to find a cure have failed. Why do you hunt them? I had a family once. A wife, two daughters. And a drifter came calling one evening, a vampire. They toyed with them first, tried to make me decide which order they'd die in. We killed as many of them as we could find, but it's getting worse. Because of Frost. There's something happening in the vampire ranks. There's something big. And I'd stake my life that son of a bitch is at the center of it. Did you ever listen to the end of that last podcast? No. God damn it. I'm like Denzel Washington. I don't really like revisiting my past works. Dude, you gotta see how the fucking editors, what they did with it, you know? <laughs> I respect the game. <laughs> you just don't, you have no, you're a part of it. Hey, I'm just a cow farmer. I'm not a dairy farmer, you know what I'm saying? I don't pull on nipples for a living. Suck on them. Well, week six is in the rearview mirror, and we're living life in the fast lane, moving ahead to week seven. Vampire got his second victory of the season, and Quinn expanded his margin of lead at the top of the standings. That and more with Quinn Carson and Daniel Week on this episode of the Vampire Journals Podcast. Join here in studio live on Saturday night with Quinn Carson. Quinn, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. I'm I would excited. imagine you're five and one. Mm-hmm. Sitting atop first place, baby. I uh, I'm just living in this ride. Uh, thankful for my parents to have guided me this place so far. You know, to raise me and support me and all this, and uh, all my pets and all my loved ones and my friends. They're just calling me and, and wishing me good luck. And I just I hope I can make it through to the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of parents, last week in week six, we had a mister and a doctor go head-to-head. I'm talking about Chase Vickery versus Robert Courtway. Robbie got his third victory in a row on a hot streak. Look now, a 114.1 to 98.32 for Chase. Low output for Chase, failing to score 100 points. Another matchup was uh, in rivalry week two. Jampire Sandpire's brother versus Longbone Shorty. Second matchup of the season for him. Ended much like the first. Quinn, you thumped me by 33 points, 136 to 103. Uh, tell me something about that game. Man, it was a great game. Uh, I was happy to show up and uh, get the big victory. Um, it came as a bounce back after losing to Robbie uh, last week. And I think um, for me, my question and my thought was that I was going to end up falling back, uh, but I actually um, was able to retain it. One of the cool things, I will say, the story of this matchup, and I would say the game-winning move, was at 9.59, 
a.m. Pacific Standard Time, right before my 10 a.m. kickoffs, uh, your guys' noon time kickoffs, I put Julio Jones in my starting lineup. He was on the bench, and I was mulling it over, and with one minute before uh, that would have locked himself out, I switched him and Amari Cooper, and he quickly scores a touchdown and later scores another touchdown, has a great day, 33 points, game-winning move. That was the story. Yeah, gotcha. An extra 13 in that one decision. Uh, not to gloss over it, uh, taking a quick look at Robbie versus Chase. Uh, Chase in his first week without Derrick Henry. Had Dalvin Cook and David Johnson in the lineup. Yes, I said Dalvin Cook. That's because Chase only had two running backs that were uh, not on a bye week last week. So Chase with only one running back in the starting lineup. Uh, began the game with his hand tied behind his back. Robbie eked out just enough despite not playing the right quarterback and uh, came away with a 114-98 to victory. That takes us to our Week 6 marquee matchup of the week, Jay Cutler versus Guillermo de la Cruz. As much as it hurt all of us to see it and as much as we tried uh, cheering for Kurt and trading with Kurt, uh, he did fall to the Vampire 120.94 to an even 100 points for Kurt. Uh, Todd Gurley, who he acquired for Nick Chubb, did get him a 9.7 points, uh, which was an upgrade over his other running back option, Mark Oh, wait, Ingram. Daniel, I'm sorry. I got to cut us in. We have a special caller who's calling in. I don't want to miss him before he goes to bed. Hello, you're on the show. Who do we have here today? Carl from Dallas. Hey, Carl from Dallas. We saw Carl from Dallas. Carl from Dallas. Dallas. How's it going? Good. Uh, is this the Vampire Show? You're on the Vampire. You're on it, brother. Look no further. You found it. Yeah, I got a question. Go, Go ahead. ahead, Carl. What do you guys think of the new Borat movie? Y'all seen that yet? Mm, the new uh, boat rack movie. That's really a good question. The opinions and old vampires movies you guys talk about, but um, have you seen it yet? It, it gets really political, and I really enjoyed it. You know, I'll take the first answer here, Carl. I've actually spent a lot of my time watching that new show, Dracula's, instead. Oh, Dracula! I haven't seen that one yet. It's pretty good, but Daniel. I, I I learned all my vampire shows from you. So. Yeah, I feel like Daniel's our aficionado in here. He actually just finished watching both Blade movies today. So. Yeah, Carl, let me tell you something about the Boat Rack movies. Um, you know, I, I've never been a fan of gun racks and trucks or cars. And for them to try and put one on a boat and then make a whole movie about it, I thought was ridiculous. Then that I... Then I heard they're making a boat rack too. And I said, God dang it. Why Hollywood? Why this sham and charade of sequels and regurgitated storylines? I beg you for something new and refreshing. Thank you, Carl from Dallas. Thank you, Carl. We appreciate the call. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. Anyways, 120.94. From Jay Cutler to Kurt's even 100. Uh, Kurt, in the process, lost Ezekiel Elliott, who only got him 12 points. 
uh, Miami Vikings defense repeat offenders in the negative category, negative four for him. Uh, not to worry for Kurt, though, right, Quinn? Uh, I think he's got a new defense on his roster this week. Yeah, he sure does, Daniel. Uh, we were happy to see that uh, Steven has done only good things in his trades this year. Uh, perhaps it doesn't work out this week for Kurt because both of his defenses are on a bye on the exact same week. Uh, and I believe that was part of uh, God's plan from Steven's point of view. But in another way, hell, he's got two defenses now that he could play and choose from. And at this point, any defense uh, past the uh, the Vikings is going to be a better defense, I think. So it almost bears the question, you know, Steven's been throwing games early in the season. It just looked like he wasn't even trying. He's finally getting some steam up. But whenever he's the vampire, he's he's helping people with their teams. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, but never bite a gift horse in the mouth, they say. And uh, Stephen has been uh, supplying double-edged swords there with the gifts. So the serpent never strikes at night. Uh, the sidewinder sleeps, sleeps, sleeps in the corner. What? Uh, let's take a, uh, a pivot of sorts, a corner turn to week seven. Um, where we've got some really interesting matchups. Quinn, uh, talk to me about your matchup this week against Mr. Solo Dolo. Well, I've got a big matchup against one of my friends, and um, a lot of times it ends up going to it. Actually, I thought we'd come in and take a question before we go on. Sure. You might notice we are uh, doing a listener special this episode. You guys asked for it. And we are people of the people for the people. And heck, we are people. Uh, so we're going to be reaching out to listeners via phone calls and emails throughout the episode. Uh, Quinn, who we got on the line? Yes, who we have on the line here, sir? From Dallas. Oh, say your name again. Thank you. Carl from Dallas. Oh, Carl. 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 Carl, long time listener, second time caller. Hell yeah. I want to talk about <laughs> Carl, right, I can't be more specific. I don't want to talk about the boat racks, okay? They drive me crazy. These people with the tiny trucks, they think they can put a canoe or a kayak on top of it because they think they got a rack. He got caught with his hand down his hand, and I didn't like that. I mean, they were framing it. You think they were framing him? I just want to know what you got to think about that. Well, you know, the last Sasha Baron Cohen movie I just saw was The Trial of, of the Chicago 7. That's on Netflix now, Carl. I don't know if you get Netflix, but... I, I did. I, I started watching that. I've only seen, like, 20 minutes. Well, you know, Sasha's got a, a pretty big role in it. You know, if you like a little bit of that, you might want to go back and watch those Borat movies a second time. Oh, that's a good idea. Carl, you, uh... Uh, you got a football question for us today? Carl, Carl, let me turn the tables on you for a second. Let me, let me ask you a question. Carl, you from East Texas or West Texas? Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh-huh, that's what I thought. What's wrong with East Texas? Next caller. <laughs> oh, no, I'm from East Texas. We, we call it the Beast Texas. Uh-huh. Man. 
Carl, I feel like uh, we've spoke we've spoken before. Uh, you know, I heard your wife knows a thing or two about football in the house. Um, we all know stuff about football. This is Texas. Mm-hmm. Texas, we eat, sleep, and breathe football. I see. Yeah. I mean, right now, I am watching the San Jose State game. They've got this quarterback, uh, Nick Sparkle. I don't know if he's heard of him, but he, he's not real good. Let me tell you something. Quarterback Jonathan Moxon, East Canaan High, class of 98. Maybe you've heard of him. He said, in West Texas, football is a way of life. Okay? In West Texas. Yeah, what would you say the the way of life is in East Texas, Chase? Or Carl? Texas. Texas is beer, Jesus, and football. Mm -hmm. In that order. Mm-hmm. The big BJF. Sometimes I, sometimes I gotta go work, <laughs> making money for my five kids at home. Carl, what do you do, I Carl? Get my wife. But, but Friday night at high school football, Friday night live. Saturday we root on those long horns, and then on Sunday get ball down Cowboys. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not very good either, but um, we love our cowboys here too. Carl, you ever get a, get your eyes on the vampire down there? He lives in Texas. You ever seen vampires at night down there? I I had no idea the vampire lives in Texas. Um, now wait just life. one goddamn minute there. I know for a fact you went to the top golf with the vampire. Don't you try to deny it. I, I would love to have a vampire at night of course in east texas that's that's the best texas there is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now carl uh we've got we've got daniel saying that you've been to top golf with the vampire he says that you might know him a little bit better is that true oh oh yeah yeah i, I, I forgot mm-hmm. about that now let me tell you something, some bitch. You try and call me a liar, I'm gonna come down there and give you a Texas size ass whooping. I promise you that. I like it. I like it. Uh, Carl, what would happen if uh, we came down there and did a, a special broadcast of the Vampire Journals down in Texas with you and kicked your ass? Well, that that would be great. Uh, just just make sure it's not on Sunday. That's the Lord's day. Um, and not not on Friday night. I gotta go watch a local local high school team. But other, other than that, Carl, do you have a question? Yeah, Carl, what you did you bring a second question into us for this Carl, second call? We got we got other callers yeah. on the line, uh, Carl. Our time story. is valuable, believe it or not. The sequel of the route one. Um, We're not talking about the goddamn boat rack. Trump next caller they're they're wanting to deliver a girl to them so I was wondering do you think that would be an acceptable gift to give the president, vice president or Giuliani a a girl from I'll take this one Quinn I'll take this one I'll hang up and listen all right thanks carl we'll we'll take this up all right so daniel who you send into the white house as a gift yeah so in week seven we got mr solo dolo at three and three against longbone shorty at five and one 
Quinn, I don't know that you've ever been in a pole position this long without it involving a strip club. So tell me, what do you got to do to get to six and one this week? Oh, I got to do a little bit better than how I did in those strip clubs, Daniel. I tell you that. Um, you know, for hold me, on to your wallet, lesson one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tell you, I tell you, we had a great day. That reminds me of the time we were in New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl, Daniel. And you and me went to a script a strip club probably about four p.m. in the in the in the afternoon, and it was on, uh, you know, down in the French Quarter, and we had these gigantic beers with us. And I, you know, darn it if I didn't drink all of it and decide to go get a lap dance from this woman. Speaking of New Orleans, this matchup features two New Orleans Saints, one in the starting lineup while the other is out with a hamstring injury. Quinn. Could the fact that you are rostering Alvin Kamara while Chase has Michael Thomas on the bench be the difference maker in y'all's matchup this weekend? You know, in terms of just having people available to play, it reminds me of the moment that my father called you on your cell phone at the strip club asking where we were. And it just makes me think that we've had a great history in New Orleans. It's a strong place for me. Uh, we went and met my parents for dinner after that and had a great time. And I feel like that's what Alvin Kamara is going to do this week. And also Michael Thomas is going crazy. It seems like he is, you know, he's punching people. He's more um, outspoken than he has been, I guess, or it's coming out in the public. So all the rumors are not positive for him this year, which is not a good sign. So even if he does get past these injuries, I feel like this guy's getting goofy. You know. Speak, speaking of where we were, where we are, where we were supposed to be, this next matchup is Dr. Rosenpenis, Robbie Courtway, 3-3, three and three, versus Guillermo de la Cruz, Kurt Taylor, 3-3. Three and three. However, not all 3-3 three and three teams are made alike. Robbie started 0-3 and, and has since found an improbable three-game winning streak, while Kurt, after the draft, projected to finish second overall stumbled his way to a 500 record uh without christian mccaffrey for at least one more week and his defense is on the bye what does kurt have to do this week to squeak out a win against his arch nemesis moose courtway well you know daniel it's one of the things that a lot of people have uh have been catching on to and and i tell you i was i was i was on the phone with another person in another fantasy football league this week, and they brought it up. How many players do you have on your roster who can score 20 points? And I think that that's just a big question this week for Kurt. Can Kurt come in and take his players and just get them to blow up? I think that's what it's going to take. It's going to take all of his amazing players that he has on his team left that are still available and still playing, like Tyreek Hill, Calvin Ridley, um todd Gurley, even in this case deshaun watson especially deshaun watson like they're gonna have kurt needs 425 point scores this week speaking of week we knew going into the season that one weak point for robbie's roster was at running back where he fielded only three players Rookie running back Jonathan Taylor from the Indianapolis Colts. Green Bay running back Aaron Jones and Kansas City rookie Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Things got off to a pretty smooth start for him, especially after 
uh, Jonathan Taylor's competition, Marlon Mack, went out with an Achilles tear. However, going into week seven, he has Jonathan Taylor on a bye, and Aaron Jones expected to miss this Sunday's matchup against the Houston Texans. This has a projection that is a very tight matchup of 113.6 for Robbie to 108.6 from Kurt. Uh, you're saying that the biggest point scores uh, for whichever roster, or excuse me, whichever roster features the most high point scores is going to win. I'm going to flip the other way. I think this is a classic do your job game uh, where the people that uh, feature the fewest bus players in their starting lineup are going to come out with a victory. So you're saying let the bodies hit the floor this week. Mm. Speaking of bodies hitting the floor, uh, that takes us to our final matchup of week seven, the marquee matchup of the week. Uh, the Vampire Smoking Jay Cutler at two and four versus Jampire Stan's brother, also at two and four. Daniel, I are hitting. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. I yeah. hate to interrupt. Go ahead and interrupt it. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. I wanted to interrupt it with some music too. I got a little a little taste of something for our new like uh, seg for you know the marquee matchup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I got something so. Mm-hmm. This is the, you want to hear the new marquee matchup music coming your way? Just a little tidbit, a little taster. Yeah. All right. Check this out. Sick. <laughs> it's going to be dope, dude. Um, but yes, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. Yep, and that does it for our matchups. No, we should talk about it. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I don't. I, you know, you killed it. I don't know what I was gonna say. Well, I didn't kill like a vampire would, you know. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, come on. No. Come on, Daniel. We're all wait. We all want to know. I don't, I don't even know who who's he playing this week. Who's the vampire playing this week? Coming up. I'm going to tell you what our listeners have in common with the Halloween remake. And Quinn's going to tell you what the hot point is for every team in the league through six weeks. Stay tuned for that and more after this from our commercial sponsor. Hi, my name's Daniel Week, and on behalf of Waterbeds Everywhere, I'd like to say, have you considered giving us a shot, Chase? What's not to love about sloshing around like a choppy boat dock at sea? And tired of pets on the bed? Say no more. Waterbeds, it's a new wave. Oh, Jimmy Johnson in you today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Stay in your fucking lane. <laughs> Well, there's another commercial sponsor for the bean counters at the FCC. Not like they really give a shit. Speaking of giving a shit, Quinn, what what did you want to talk about? Oh, Daniel, I got five. Oh, yeah, five. you had the five. Yeah, the five things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, this week, uh, Robbie, again, was 0 for 6 on choosing the right quarterback on his mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. 
So each week so far this season, he has chosen a quarterback that has not scored the most available points uh, to him as other quarterbacks sitting on his bench. And of course, at least uh, he has quarterbacks to choose from. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. You're right. I don't. uh, After Dak Prescott's injury, obviously, I'm only down to one quarterback in a league in which the vampire could steal a player like that at any point when you lose to them. Uh, so I'm trying not to lose. Uh, Tell Chase. you what, Stephen gives them to me. I'll trade them for you on the cheap. Right. I appreciate that. Um, anyway, uh, so Chase this week, I'm calling him Even Steven. Uh, he scored 100, uh, 835 points on offense this season through six weeks, but he's also scored and allowed 835 points on defense. So he's even for scoring, and he's three and yeah. three. So he's big even numbers Steven. for Chase. Big numbers. You know one number Chase has never seen. What sixty nine? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I like Chase. I feel like he. Uh, you know. I, I <clears throat> you know. I don't want to disparage all of our owners here, Daniel. I feel like uh, this is a, a nice show for us. We should. You know. I mean, he listeners. used to not like dogs. I, you know, I think there's a lot of cat people in the world that enjoy our podcast. I don't think he liked cats either, frankly. I mean, I don't think this is a place to to question. I mean, if he would pull a knife on you, what do you think he would do to an animal? I would, I just want to have passionate people in my life. Yeah, just whatever. What's the next team? Okay, so for me... I'm first in offense and first in defense. I feel like that's a big... Um, Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, I think it's a reason why I'm five and one. Thank you very much. So uh, So let me ask you a question, Big Shot. Okay. What's your team name? Uh, Longbone Shorty. Mm, Well, it's definitely not Mr. Creative. (laughs) Um, So let me ask you something, fucking tough guy. Your team's so goddamn good. How come I've got this breaking news? How come you're so scared you had to trade for my top tight end, Mark Andrews? Hey, now, I'm trying to help out the league here. How so? Well, uh, you've got um, stone hands as you're starting tight end right now, Tyler Higby, and I didn't think that was going to beat the vampire this week. So I'm glad you mentioned that. I did a little bit of research before I proposed this trade to you. Mark Andrews, my top tight end on a bye. I got Tyler Higby sitting there. Didn't practice all week with an injured hand. Doesn't play till Monday night. So I got on NFL reference or footballreference.com, looked at the numbers, if you look over the season for Tyler Higby, an overwhelming majority of the passes that he has caught, he has used his hands. And that greatly influenced my decision to improve at the tight end position. Mm-hmm. Speaking you know, of tight ends, you remember that movie, Bring It On? <laughs> yes, I do, Daniel. Yes. All right. But what was – how you – you know – what do you want? What do you got? What else you got, huh? Uh, you want to? Can we talk about? Uh, can we talk about you for a minute? Is that okay? Because I mean, you seem a little testy. I just, I got, I got a storyline about you too. Just fucking, you know. All right, I got, I got a new nickname for you. 
You you got you like nicknames, Daniel? Yeah. Yeah, I got a new nickname yeah. for you this week. What uh, is it? Well, I you know, it starts with a poem. It, you know, on a warm summer's evening, on a train bound for nowhere, I met up with you, the gambler. I think you're the gambler, Daniel, because you know when to hold them. You know when to fold them. Folding a pocket knife in my hand right now. <laughs> Recklessly. You know when to walk away. And you know when to run. And uh, I say that because I just love the trades you've made this season. We made a good trade, I think, tonight to help you and help the league because the Vampire's on a two-game winning streak. And if he keeps winning, it's just going to be devastation for everybody because you don't, you know, this isn't the last time you see him. You play him again uh, in five more weeks after this. So, you know, Lester Bangs in the movie Almost Famous, played by Philip Seymour Hoffman, said, well, you'll see them all again on the long road to the middle. Mm, right. And you know who I think is headed to the middle? I think I want to talk about Michael Thomas for a minute. You got rid of him. You traded him with, with for De, Devontae Adams to chase. And it mm -hmm. seems like since you traded him, he's he's been going downhill just like a little bit of both injury-wise and psychologically. Like, why don't you just mind your own business? You know, when I was a kid, people kept to themselves, you know? You didn't go snooping behind the midi blinds looking at the neighbors, you know? Hey, what's that guy burning in his backyard? Or, hey, what are you doing? Why are you shining that flashlight in my window? You know, none of that shit. None of that shit. So, I just... Look, man, I got some fucking emails from listeners. You got um, an email from a listener? Yeah, I got an email. Um, this is from, it says, j.pyre at vampire.net. What's that noise? It says, it says, hey, guys, it's Jan, Stan's brother. I'm on the internet writing this to you now. I'm in the other room, but is it, with all the concerns about vampires being allergic to things, is Italian food really Italian food without garlic in it? Um, so Quinn, why don't you, uh, why don't you tell me, um, what do you think? Italian food with no garlic in it, what is it? I, it just sounds dull. It sounds like, um, like a fancy football league without a vampire. You know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love Italian food, and uh, I've I've used some garlic substitutes sometimes. Actually, that's a that's a really good point. And uh, this next point is our sponsored good point of the week. Brought to you by Olive Garden. Olive Garden, hope of the uh, lunch, soup, salad, and breadstick special, uh, as well as multitudes of Italian offerings for the entire family. Because when you're at Olive Garden, when you're here, you're family. And at Olive Garden, there's no rules. Just right. 
Or um, breadsticks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Quinn, um, are there any p- other points before we get to some more listener stuff that we haven't covered so far? Yeah, I got two more points for you. Uh, well, a side bet about Steven is his battle with Will Fuller. I think it's been slight comedy uh, to just joke about how Will Fuller is just an on-again, off-again asset, even in the real idea of how football play- is played. And uh, Stevens collected 15 points, switching him on and off of his his starting lineup. So what that means is that he's had a chance to play Will Fuller six times. He's played him twice after games that Will has had really good, solid uh, performances in. And in those two times he's played him, he's gotten a grand total of 15 points uh, uh, of those two games. In the games he hasn't played him, Will Fuller has scored 19, 15, 22, and 24 points for a grand total of 70 points. So I like it as a a one-player instance that shows that the vampire is still choosing the wrong people, and we can still have faith that there's going to be some misses that he has, and hopefully that, you know, there'll be enough misses that he doesn't score a lot of points and we can beat him. Um, my last point is on Kurt. I feel like it's the most interesting one. Daniel, you and me were talking about it. You were helping me make this statistic into something interesting. You and I. <laughs> yes, my editor. You and I uh, were, were working on this. And so here's the stat I wanted to talk about. We've uh, this season we've mentioned multiple times. Kurt spent uh, a lot of money on his first three purchases in the league uh, for his auction this year, and he spent a grand total of $148 for Ezekiel Elliott, Nick Chubb, and uh, Christian McCaffrey. And for that $148, I just wanted to see how he's been doing with the points, getting scored points off of his starting lineup each week from those players. And the interesting thing is the storyline is that since week one, everything's just gotten worse every week for him, for those three players. In week one, he scored 70 points with all three of them in the starting lineup. And since then, it's been uh, uh, falling because he's lost people to injuries and then traded them off his team. So it's gone from 70 to 46 to 36 to 24 points to 23. Then last week, he scored 12 points. And this week he is scheduled to score zero points as two of those players, Nick Chubb and Ezekiel Elliott are no longer on his roster due to trades uh, and the vampire stealing a player Zeke last week and his Christian McCaffrey is injured still on IR. So at this point, $148 spent for Kurt and he's going to score zero points this week from that. So what was the, what, what was the interesting part? I just think it's interesting, you know, he went huge for these guys and the role of the dice has just been, uh, you know, super unsuccessful. He had uh, leftover, the, the money he spent leftover was 24 whole dollars after he bought Tyreek Hill. Um, he only had $24 left and the rest of his team has actually scored 394 points. Um, so I like to, to see that as, as, you know, just an interesting stat. Coming up. I'm going to tell you about the Nicolas Cage movie 8mm and Chase Vickery's Bachelor Party have in common. That and more emails and calls from our listeners after this commercial break. Nothing else don't matter, man. Money's coming today. That's what loyalty is. 
a two-time Super Bowl champion. Sometimes you may find yourself in the wrong place simply at the wrong time. A knife clean of DNA. And I asked him, um, who are you going to kill with this knife? And he said, is that the only thing you can do with the knife? I said, well, I know you're not going to cut tomatoes with it. So he got a little bit upset, and um, he said I was crazy. A white suit never found. And sports fans across the country turned on the TV today, but not for a game. Instead, they wanted to see the trial of Ravens linebacker Ray Lewis. The ESPN zone downtown was packed today as the murder trial unfolded on the big screen. The usual sports highlights were replaced by a real-life courtroom drama. 13 men. All eyes are focused on Atlanta tonight as both sides start laying out their case in the murder trial of Ray Lewis. It was a tale of two crime scenes today. The prosecution told the jury... Eight years in the making. I had a lot of time to myself while I was incarcerated. So maybe what I went through actually saved my life. His lawyers say everything the Ravens One perfect season. Two times. Over 1,100 games played. But the prosecution says it has a trail of blood connecting Lewis to the victim. If, if there's something in your life that you know need changing, make sure you change before God changes. Because if he changes, you might not like it. A keeper league like no other. This is Ray Lewis Might Have Done It. to anchor.com so quinn i'm about to crack a beer nice you drinking a beer yes i got a tall boy right here tell me what you're working with tonight i'm working uh with a valencia orange peel brewed belgian white blue moon uh blue moons are pretty great you know they're they're made in golden colorado and it's like that beer capital of the world kind of place because isn't it like coors and stuff in that same area mm-hmm. yeah you know the, they say that the name blue moon came around uh, because when they were trying to beer somebody commented a beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon mm-hmm. do you uh do you like trying different beers I do, but I will say that I do not have a super diverse palate, uh, which mm. reflects the beer that I am drinking, established in Milwaukee in 1844, recipient of the Blue Ribbon in 1896. I'm talking about, of course, Pabst Blue Ribbon, prior to 1896, just known as Pabst. I love uh, it. The official beer of Martin Hall, Hale Hendricks College, and uh, the official sponsor of this week's episode of Having a Beer with Quinn and Daniel. Love it. I got to have really cool, tiny beers that were like just brewed at at breweries, like restaurant breweries all over the U.S. when Spiritual Res was touring. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, you're not playing at the coolest venues, obviously, because you're playing at like a bar and a venue and like a restaurant. But in a weird way, 
I got to try a lot of really good beers around the U.S. And Colorado makes really good shit. But I've always thought that North Carolina, like the little breweries there, like they make really good beers, like in uh, Asheville and stuff. So, but I've never been. It's a cool spot. Asheville's super funky. It's in the mountains of North Carolina, and uh, it's where uh, Moog is, the synthesizer company. And it's where they have like just a bunch of breweries, a bunch of music venues that people go and tour through. And uh, it's like, uh, it's yeah, it's one of the funkier places in the United States um, where actually it draws people to like move there when they kind of want to hit like a small town and live there instead. So speaking of taking a tour, I'm going to take a tour through our email inbox. And this email is from a Dr. Rosenpenis. And it reads, as a doctor, I'm interested in knowing who you think is the injured player who will rebound the most in the remaining season <clears throat> i'm gonna say it's it's gonna be christian mccaffrey actually um because when you looked at him starting the season he scored like 25 and 28 points his first two weeks um so if we pray for the same floor that an injured player had when he before he left uh, as when he comes back, then I think that guy will clear out the deck, you know, the rest of the season once he's good to go, I would hope. Um, yeah, so. I would have said Saquon Barkley because I was hoping he was going to go get some sort of HGH uh, German therapeutic treatment like what Kobe Bryant got back in the day. Mm -hmm. And then I was uh, upset to get a red notification for Saquon this week saying that he is just now undergoing ACL surgery. Uh, given his freakish physical presence and feared invincibility prior to the injury, I'd hope that similar to Ray Lewis when he used deer antler spray to come back from a torn biceps muscle that Saquon would somehow end up coming back for the end of the season that's not in play anymore so yeah i'm gonna give that injured crown for the time being to christian McCaffrey. uh one other player that i might consider shouting out uh would be somebody who's coming off an injury from last year and that would be aj green i think that if aj green becomes a uh, steady receiver again and he's slowly building towards that uh, that would give Robbie a really solid set of wide receivers to go along with his great quarterbacks uh, and sufficient running back play so great question from Dr. Rosenpenis Quinn tell me uh, if we're talking about injuries uh, who's the biggest person that's burnt you with an injury either this year or in past years Hmm. I'd probably have to say it was you, Daniel. Um, you burnt me hard when we were seniors in high school when you got injured during our uh, boys club basketball league season. Um, Chase took you down and he like gave you what was your what was your injury that Chase tackled you on the basketball court at our at his house? Yeah, I sprained my MCL, medial mm -hmm. collateral. Right. So that was straight to the IR for you. And uh, it really took us out of a competitive edge we needed in that boys club league because I just needed someone that was willing to play basketball like as like a 
like as a team and you were my best team player and you dropped out. So you let me down. That's been the biggest thing in my life. Biggest injury I've ever felt. That and Chris Cooper hurting his arm. So I had to start. (laughs) I didn't didn't know that it haunted you for so long. Well, you know, Um, it's, it's just like you think about trying to go win a championship and then your right hand man's not next to you. And, uh, you know, the Nancy Kerrigan best friend of ours, you know, it just makes you wonder who paid him off. What? Maybe it was Carl. What you got there? Oh, that's a phone call. We got a caller coming in. Uh, Quinn, I'm going to take this real quick, okay? Sure. Yeah. Hey, guys. Am I on the air? Yeah, who's speaking? Yeah, could you hear me? Yeah, how's it going, sir? Yeah, hey, my, my name's Bill. Uh, I'm Bill from Buffalo. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to know, you know, Buffalo's looking pretty good. Uh, the town's looking good. I'm, you know, I've been scouting, scouting this town. Scouting towns my whole life, but uh, town scout, yeah. You know, uh, what do you you guys think that uh, Buffalo can uh, take people all the way with their, uh, you know, the people they got, or they got to skin them and get them out, and you know, become a new person. Well, thanks, Bill, for the call. We'll take it from here. Daniel, uh, you're a big fan of the Bills. You got what a uh, fucking creep. <laughs> I mean, I we who we, lets people like that on the air? I thought Chase is supposed to be screening these people listen, before he even sends us the call. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to apologize for my host this week. This podcast is this. We got to do better than this, okay? Hold Apple's on, hold on. Ne- Apple Podcast will never take us. I'm we sorry. Pulling this crap. Listen, we had a meeting before the the podcast today with our our boss, and 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 it didn't go well. Daniel needs to take a second, maybe take a lap. Let me answer this question. Look, that? Buffalo could murder everybody and and peel their skin off in a torture basement. Um, they've got the tools on offense and defense. Um, White Culpepper and Stefan Diggs, AFC championship game. I'm guaranteeing it here. Carl Stone Cold Lock, other week. <laughs> all right, all right. I think I got another question here. We have a recorded question in from Facebook. Mm. This one comes, uh, it's an international call. Oh. But it happens to do with your bills, dude. Close. He's from London. All right. <laughs> yes, hello. I uh, wanted to enter a question into the, the, the question bag this week. How do you think White Cold Pepper will do this week? Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills. Thank you. Thank you very much. Chim, chim, cheroo, governor. 
Let's not make fun of him too much. I mean, that's a good player. Like Amy, I need something special. Uh, yeah, Josh Allen has been tremendous so far this season. And there's no better time to rebound from a tough matchup against the Chiefs than a matchup against the New York Jets. Really excited about this interdivision matchup. Even though they are going on the road to New York, you know there aren't any true road games this season. Uh, they're looking to rebound. I believe they have both of their running backs healthy this week. Uh, Singletary and Zach Moss, Stefan Diggs, good to go. Number four wide receiver on the fantasy season. Josh Allen, as we know, is the number three quarterback in fantasy this season. Looking to double dip against the Jets. It's going to be a big week for them, and I think I'm going to ride that along with new acquisition tight end uh, Darren Waller for victory over the Vampire. Uh, so thank you, uh, Bobby from Birmingham. Is that who that was? Uh, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like it. I like I like Josh Allen. Um, you know, if we look at him, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, um, and Kyler Murray, do all those guys make it through the end of the season? And and are they all going to be co- uh, performing at the same level? You think by the end of the season? Um, so I think Kyler Murray's one of the more interesting names of that group because people really expected him to take a big leap in year two. And we've seen some good uh, raw numbers uh, or end game numbers from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of the advanced metrics and some of the eye test stuff don't really pass uh, the smell test. You watch that game against Dallas last week. Arizona's defense did a lot of heavy lifting. Uh, they got a lot of big plays. I think that Kyler threw two touchdowns, and both of them were pretty big strikes. But otherwise, his pass completion percentage was sub-50%, and he was inaccurate with wide-open receivers on numerous occasions. Uh, he's had some inconsistencies throughout the season. He's chased his quarterback. So I know that these words might be stinging to him or he might disagree with me. And, you know, hey, Kyler Murray is apparently the number one quarterback in fantasy so far this season. Uh, So I could be full of shit. But I'm just saying that the eye test doesn't pass, maybe from a football standpoint, uh, whereas the fantasy side of it is there. But I will point out Kyler Murray already has six interceptions through six weeks also has a fumble lost that is negated however by uh, six and four ten passing touchdowns to go <laughs> with six rushing touchdowns so the touchdowns are there I just don't think that you can continue to struggle with wide open passes for very long in this league well I know we beat this with a dead horse in an earlier segment, but I did want to uh, ask you about Josh Allen this week going up against Dak Prescott, who's on the IR and on Steven's roster, his starting team. Uh, do you think if you lost to the vampire, Josh Allen would be the, the person that would get stolen from your roster? the person I would be most likely to steal if I were Steven. He seems pretty set at the running back position. 
Mm-hmm. Derek Henry and Zeke Elliott. And he managed to snag two really solid receivers that fell through the cracks on draft day, DK Metcalf and Wolf Fuller. So he certainly presents some trouble there. Um, or, I'm sorry, I kind of with no, no. Direction. Um, he yeah. certainly is is pretty set in both of those spots. So you know, tight end, flex, and quarterback. I think or some of the, you know, the areas I'm sure he has circled. Um, so I have a high-end tight end, even after the trade with you. And I think we kind of did a swap of two shiny Cadillacs. Um, but I don't think he's interested in that. Uh, he certainly could go to fill his flex through maybe one of my receivers or running backs. I think his best bang for the buck in terms of improving his team and weakening mine is to take that quarterback. So I think that's what he's got <laughs> circled. And I think that Steven, uh, in the bold prediction of the week, I think if Steven were to win, his plan is to give me Mike Davis, knowing that Christian McCaffrey is coming off of IR very soon. And so another one of those gifts that uh, has some value but is not uh, as lustrous as it first appears. And the other two quarterbacks on these benches that we're not, uh, we haven't mentioned yet is if Dak is taken out of the starting lineup, um, I think you're right. Mike Davis, or maybe the Eagles defense would be the two people that he might choose to trade to you. But for right now, it looks like it would be Dak Prescott. Number one, if he stayed in the starting lineup, right? Yeah. But currently the Dallas Cowboys play at 10 a.m. my time tomorrow. So I assume that Justin Herbert will get moved to the starting lineup and he'll actually play for Steven. And if he did win and took Josh Allen, you'd be left with the other quarterback in this conversation, Joe Burrow. So just thinking hypothetically, you like, I mean, how's Joe feeling if you had to roll with Joe? Sure. So I have Joe Burrow in two dynasty leagues along with this league here. Um, just really to kind of keep things interesting. Uh, but it also means that my eye has been focused on Cincinnati. And I've watched a lot of their games, just the ESPN fantasy cast with the play-by-play. So he's the number 17 fantasy quarterback right now. Not outstanding, I'll give you. Uh, he was he has done- higher earlier. Sure, and he has done some special things. He's thrown for 300 yards, four out of six games. Uh, He has two rushing touchdowns. So he has some value on his feet, as well as uh, glimpses of what we saw him do at LSU. What he's struggling with is uh, NFL-caliber defenses coupled with a substandard offensive line. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have a lot of time, but hey, we are seeing growing rapport with A.J. Green, Joe Mixon has really kind of looked apart in the latter weeks of the season leading up to his injury this past weekend with foot injury. And then uh, rookie receiver T. Higgins has been solid. Tyler Boyd's his usual self. So he's got weapons around him. And uh, if you look at his completion percentage yardage, a lot of those traditional numbers really check the box. So if he can avoid some of those rookie pitfalls in terms of turnovers and uh, inaccuracy issues, poor reading of defenses, 
he can mitigate that a little bit, I think that we're going to see an uptick and we're going to see point production from him that's consistent with fantasy weeks two and three when he put up 24 points and 20 points respectively. Well, I guess it just makes me wonder one last thing, and that's about Derrick Henry and Ezekiel Elliott, these two new additions to Steven's team the last two weeks. Um, are we praying for them to not do as well, or is it sort of just trying to hold down um, and with, withstand the storm that, that we think that they're just going to come in and score a bunch of points? We'll just see what happens. Yeah, it's honestly a nightmare from uh, the equation of who out of the top, say, eight running backs he could have accumulated through the vampire season just from the standpoint that Ezekiel Elliott and Derrick Henry have both been super durable in their time in the league. They're both the dominant running back in terms of touches on their team. Zeke has proven to be very capable in the receiving game. Uh, Henry is emerging on that front, but when you can break off 70 to 90 yard touchdown runs every season, uh, you can make up for a couple of deficiencies in the passing game. So mm. it really sucks that he's got two durable bell cows that are still in their prime. They're still young. And uh, on Derrick Henry's case, on a really good team. Uh, I think Zeke is a little bit more of a question mark because it's going to be interesting to see where the Dallas offense goes without Dak Prescott. So do you still feel confident that you're going to be victorious this week? Uh, so I'm trusting the projections. Uh, I feel really good about my double dip for Buffalo against the Jets. I think we're going to see an improved Devontae Adams, who looked a little rusty last week. It had a couple of drops, uh, a couple of catches that were with feet out of bounds, and Rodgers obviously wasn't very good as well. Uh, the Houston defense is not on the same level as Tampa Bay. So I think we're going to see a rebound from Green Bay. I'm upgrading at tight end. I've got a healthy Keenan Allen and flex. So I feel like my team is really about in as good a position as it could be against any team. Um, so I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, I'm not going to be arrogant and cocky about it because uh, Steven obviously has a couple of moves to make, including pulling out Jack Prescott potentially. Uh, but he also has Robbie Anderson on his bench, Ronald Jones on his bench, Chase Claypool. Uh, he's got good players all on up and down his roster, and any of the roster moves he would make leading up to kickoff, uh, he's going to field a good team. And the only thing that, uh, or one of the only things that kind of boosts my morale is I have the second highest projected scoring total of the week. It's over, Stephen. It's only second to your team at, I believe it was 142, something in the low to mid 140s range. So, uh, I said it a couple weeks ago that my team's going to take a few weeks to rebound from injuries and such to round into shape. And I think we're starting to get into form this week. Well, I got one more caller in. Uh, my Ooh. line's been beeping for a little bit, but I didn't want to didn't want to keep uh, keep you on a you know interrupt you again. So, goddamn right, G D right. right. Sorry to the listeners. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've got a quick email here from Sarah. Uh, this is uh, from Sarah 2E151. She says, this is all great material. Oh. Um, yeah, nice oh. stuff. Thank you. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> I've got another uh, question here. 
and it says, uh, Daniel, would you ever consider uh, making a trade for Josh Allen? I know we're talking a lot about him, but I did I did see this here while we were talking come in. Well, as much as uh, I appreciate Josh Allen, I would say that nobody's untouchable. It would be interesting to hear their proposals. If I were to just discuss my trading block priorities on air, I will tell my fellow members of the five families that I feel pretty comfortable at wide receiver. Um, so I either A, have a receiver that's expendable to move to you, or B, I'm probably not interested in a receiver you're going to trade to me. Um, so a trade for Josh Allen would have to include either A, another elite quarterback, or B, uh, a pretty doggone good running back. And, uh, you know, maybe room for C, a combination of both. Um, so it's it's doable, um, but I'm not going to be taking any discounts just to get rid of them. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, you guys see the price is going to be high for one of the best quarterbacks in the league. So make it worth his while. And there you go. Yeah. Uh, and number three quarterback in fantasy. Not sure if I said that before. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, we got another question here from uh, a Mr. Will Dudding. Um, and. <laughs> His question is, uh, in, in, uh, in the, let's see here. In the movie intro for Blade, uh, the first vampire that appears is played by an actress familiar in the adult entertainment industry. Who is she? Yes, that's Tracy Lords. Mm, Tracy Lords, great. Great question. Love that one. Um, you know, we always I just enjoy. watched that movie today. Just The Tracy Lords part or the whole movie? The whole thing. Okay. Sometimes I watch the whole thing too, you know? I don't think so. I don't think you've ever seen any of the Blade movies. You know, uh, you know, that's for another conversation. I'd love to do a quiz myself someday, but, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I get these emails in. Um, okay. Last one coming in comes from. Oh, look at this. Daniel, we got a question coming in from uh, Chicago, Illinois. Oh. I think this is from, it says, yeah, this is from Big. Mark. Yeah, it's from Mark in Chicago. Ah. All right, Mark in Chicago writes, hey, guys, love to see you again. Who do you think is the most in trouble in the Vampire League this year? Mm, good question, Mark, from Chicago. Mm -hmm. The Blackhawks, right? Yeah, right. Um, or blackout hawks. I'm not sure. But um, who's most in trouble now in the league? Yeah, ooh. I, you know, <clears throat> can I even put a vote to like me kind of? Like I might have the, sh the quickest fall in if, if my thing came like fell through because I, uh, I, I have, I'm, I'm down the most amount of players, I think. Were. I've lost Dak, I've lost Cortland Sutton, and I've got two running backs who are out, so I only have two active running backs. There's one more than Robbie this week. Um, but yeah, if I 
say lost to the vampire next week and he stole my quarterback or or took say uh one of my uh running backs or something i think i might be uh vulnerable to start really not being able to score some points so maybe me interestingly enough hot take yeah, don't think it's a bad notion. Uh, you talked about a short bench with your matchup against the Vampire next week. You are the last of three people that will play the Vampire three times this season. So, yeah, you're at a higher risk of your roster being impacted to a larger degree. And that being said, you do have um, – Alvin Kamara, who I think has been the best running back in football so far this season. DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, arguably two of the best three receivers so far this season, and some stud tight ends. So uh, your team is your team is going to be okay for maybe one sacrifice or one injury, but beyond that, you're going to have to get creative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I had to say to anybody, not me, um, I might lean to, uh, to, I don't know. It's hard. It's it's hard to guess what who I mean, you got. My Yeah, my answer would be whoever loses uh, the marquee matchup of the week this week between me and Steven. Uh, so you think Steve is in trouble if he loses, huh? Two and five is not a very tight record to look at Mm -hmm. hard for him to make the playoffs it's kind of like we got to start looking at the playoffs guys we're halfway through the season practically hi i'm batman and these are the diehard drinking game rules anytime somebody says merry christmas take a drink nakatomi take a drink anytime somebody says hans drink cowboy drink Beethoven please take a drink. Sig is lit, take a drink. I'm Batman. Virgil, don't do her. Where is she? And when an elevator dings, take a drink. When someone dies, take a drink. I was molded by the light, raised in it. Anytime Ellis snorts cocaine, take a drink. I only see Bruce Willis's feet. Take a drink. Finish your drink. When Ellis says, Hans movie, anytime Willis says, yippee kaye, motherfucker, finish your drink. If they say die hard, finish your drink. Yeah. Oh, you know what? You know what we didn't do? To finish it up today, just real quick, let's talk about um, the QPC projections. We'll call it a day. How about that, Daniel? You know, tell me, tell me how you stand. Tell me what you're looking at. Well, last week I had, and you're going to have to help me fill this in. We'll catch up real quick together. Last week I had uh, Guillermo de la Cruz beating the vampire, which I got that wrong. Um, and so we'll fill that in with red. And then I got... Um, <clears throat> Longbone Shorty versus Jampire, stand by his brother. I had uh, uh, you winning, but I won that game, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that was wrong. And then I had Chase beaten Robbie last week. And who won that game, Daniel? 
Moose Courtway. Right. So I guessed wrong on all three bouts last week. Mm. So now in the last three weeks, I'm two and six. And for the whole season, that takes me to um, nine and nine and nine. There we go. 18. Mm-hmm. So I'm 50% on the projections now. But this week I got the vampire beaten Jampire Stampire's brother. I got Chase beaten me. And I've got Guillermo de la Cruz losing to Robbie Courtway. So Robbie won earlier this season. Uh, let's see if uh, Robbie can go 2-0 and this season against Kurt. Uh, I took out Chase. Um last uh in in week two and beat him but now let's see if chase gets it back and i had jay cutler going on a run but you know this week we gotta see if they can find the neck so what is your title for this week the title for this week is week seven find the neck but also it could be keep it at bay stop the bleeding you know the rivals two rivals two challenge (laughs) <laughs> exactly dun 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 but yeah it's gonna be a good week so let's see if, how we do against the vampire well speaking of the challenge and speaking of the vampire the challenge you love the challenge yeah we we're nearly 10 hours away from the first kickoff as we wrap up this week's episode of the podcast so for quinn carson i'm dean a week and until next time protect your neck